Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on to a special preview of Dunked On Prime. We're doing this all week before the season starts. Catching you up on many of the season previews that we've done on Dunked On Prime. And the hope, of course, is that you will subscribe for this season. We are offering not the best deal ever because that was for founding members, but the second best deal ever for a one-year membership for Dunked On Prime total access. That includes access to our discords, our chats, the same cap sheets and free agent lists that Danny and I use, which are updated in real time during transaction periods and a bunch of other odds and ends as well. In addition to at least four and recently more subscription podcast episodes per week and the fifth dunked on episode commercial free as well so i encourage you to give it a shot this special deal is going to end when the season begins so check it out if you sign up for a year membership you can get 35 percent off the monthly price for dunked on prime total access enjoy the show time to discuss now the dallas mavericks and joining us to do that tim cato of the athletic how you doing man I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Couldn't be better. I, I'm really, uh, I'm actually, I'm a lot more lucid now that I'm doing two of these previews per day instead of three. So that's, uh, that's helping a little bit. Um, and uh, definitely excited to talk Dallas Mavericks and see whether they can take a little bit of a step forward this year uh, or not. So, um, what do you, what have you been really focusing? I'll give you a, a blank canvas to start with of just uh, what you think some of the biggest themes are going to be uh, around this Mav season. I mean, it just, it just has to be the improved defense. I, I think that's, that's the the natural place to focus on it's what their offseason was kind of geared around you know as as much fun as it was to see a historically good offense you know you know kind of land in the record books last season it, it was clear that you know I, I think i believe they're 17th in offensive rating uh depending on which one you look at uh or sorry in defensive rating last season um and and that's just not good enough you know we know we know the stats about you know a, a top 10 offense and defense is is what's pretty much a prerequisite you know for any title team so so yeah you know just the the way the swaps they made and and most interestingly both that they they did it in a short-term manner and with players like josh richardson but also you know tried to set themselves up uh in a longer term basis uh you know with these with these draft prospects that they brought in um so yeah i think that's that's really the focus and you know i I guess as a corollary how much does the offense uh fall because of these defensive-minded you know additions they've made um which i'm sure we'll get into more but but i think the 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 big picture is just you know they they radically changed course they kind of swerved across the highway from you know the uh from one lane to 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 one where they can you know they're more aimed at uh at contention and uh i think i think how successful they were is is you know really going to be the story of this season 
Yeah, so they brought in Josh Richardson. I, I imagine he's going to probably start at the two after being traded for uh, Seth Curry. Is is that what the plan is, looks like? Yeah, yeah, he'll be a starter. And then, you know, they still have Dorian Finney-Smith back. They've got uh, Moxie Klebo, who's a, a solid defender on the wing. I, I mean, thinking that Tim Hardaway is still going to be the starting lineup, or do you think it's going to be uh, Finney-Smith? Uh, for the moment, I think it's going to be all three, Richardson, Finney-Smith, um, and Hardaway. And and then they'll put you know they they started the the first preseason game they started uh, with those three Luca and Dwight Powell. Um, the question obviously is when Kristaps comes back whether they shuffle one of those wings to the bench and if they do I would imagine it would be Finney Smith um, and, and that way they can put Porzingis uh, next to Powell. Um, but I think long term the the starting five is going to be those three wings um, Luca and and Porzingis like that that is the modern switchy you know versatile you know bunch of two way you know as many you know your best two way players that you can put around Luca um, so I think I think that's the long term fit I, I will be curious um, to to see what they end up doing and it may just be a situation just like you know Anthony Davis and and the Lakers where they wanted a big man next to him during the regular season but you know knew that by the postseason came around they would phase out that big man next to in their case Anthony Davis in the Mavericks case Kristaps Porzingis um, so we'll see what they do but but I think that's the for the for the immediate term with Porzingis out and then eventually you know as we head to the playoffs it's going to be that that Luca Porzingis and all three yeah it's interesting Dwight Powell is back starting at center and we'll see as you mentioned whether that continues or not I did not have a chance to watch uh, their preseason game so far how did Powell look to you in that one he looked okay. I mean, not not amazing, but first game back after an Achilles. I mean, it's it's more about his movement. Um, uh, and and I thought he moved all right. He, you know, he got to the rim. Uh, you know, a, a drive, a pump fake, and drive from the from the three point line to the rim, and and looked clean. Um, we we've had better results with Achilles for players under thirty in the past two decades. You know, not not usually not a hundred percent, but players can get back up to 80, 85, 90% of who they were, um, at least for a few seasons. So I'm cautiously optimistic. He's also just a, you know, obviously that athleticism is crucial for him, but, but he is, you know, has that Dirk Nowitzki work, work ethic. You know, he's just always, always grinding, like, you know, even, even for an NBA player, he's, he's up right up there. So, you know, I think, I think the hope is that he's 90% of the player he can be, um, with, with, you know, a, a slightly stricter minutes restriction and, and, and stuff like that uh, as the season gets going. Yeah, I think it is a little easier for role players to come back because when he toured in January, right? So he's actually coming yeah. back faster than what's kind of been the standard recently for a lot of these guys. But a lot of these guys are really high profile. And yeah, you know, if you're going to be in this position where you have to attack off the dribble 25 times a game and you're just a big star, teams can be a little more cautious to you. Someone like Powell, who's more of a role player, he also, he doesn't have to, do those sort of like hard dribble attacks the, the sort of movements that cause you to really put stress on that area he's kind of more of a two-foot jumper anyway um you know which I, I think is something that shouldn't be as affected by the achilles you know his lateral movement defensively is something that it, we're gonna have to watch pretty closely but it, i mean i guess it, it, maybe it's too early to say but do you think he can play you know effective rotational center basketball this year i i think so i mean i i, I have no evidence to to see that he can't and i you know i prefer to be optimistic just just given that you know he's certainly the type of player that you you bet on uh coming back uh, you know with with all the work ethic stuff you know as as previously mentioned and and all of that so yeah i think so i think so um 
And in worst case scenario, you do have another rim roller, you know, you know, high, you know, just in, in Willie Cauley Stein. Like that is a not not quite a like for like replacement, but you know, a very similar capable backup who can deputize here and there if if Pal, you know, is is either missing, you know, back to backs, which which he certainly will in in the early stages and 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 things like that, or you know, if Pal just isn't as effective as as hoped, you know, you at least have a player who can stretch uh defenses uh, you know, with vertical spacing by by, you know, diving to the rim. So I think the combination of 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 Kali Stein, at least as an option, uh gives you a little more faith in, into really trusting Pal headed in, you know, in, in in the role that he's gonna play headed into the season. One of the things that really sticks out to me about this roster is the versatility that they have and you know they certainly were sh- they, they had that to some degree last year but they were short on those real three and d guys who could guard which is uh, what ended up really sinking them in the clippers series in addition of course to the porzingis injury but i think as you mentioned they had an understand that they had to get better defensively but i mean if you just look at pretty much every position they have a lot of guys who can do interesting things so yes they did lose seth curry but they've still got Trey Burke and they've got Jalen Brunson. They could go back to Rick Carlisle's precious two and three guard lineups on the second unit if they want to do that. If you want to go with more versatility, you could go with Doncic, Richardson, Kleba, Finney Smith, and Cauley Stein, and you could probably switch everything with that group if you wanted to and still have a, a modicum of shooting on the floor. You can go with kind of these all offense groups. They've got Porzingis who can do a lot of different things uh, offensively uh, as well, uh, spicing the floor for everyone else. Uh, you've got James Johnson who can come in and be kind of like a big knock heads sort of guy. Uh, you've got the ultimate knock heads guy in Boban if you want to go really big. And so they've just <laughs> got a lot of really different looks that they can provide here and they have the coach who loves to provide a bunch of different looks in Rick Carlisle so I I do think that you know you mentioned the offense probably I agree I don't think it's going to be historic I still have them probably projected as one of the top two or three offenses in the NBA but they just it seems like now you know maybe Richardson and Finney Smith aren't like quite that the best at that role uh, on the wing but they're still pretty good I think they can really match up reasonably well against most teams until you maybe get to like a Clippers and a Lakers when it's like right who guards why who guards LeBron but other than that they've got a ton of versatility yeah and and even then like you know when when we're talking Clippers Lakers it was of course the Clippers that they lost to in the first round and in their situations where Seth Curry ended up you know guarding Paul George which did work because George you know did had did his old uh playoff p thing but um you know like that's that's when you really saw the the you know the limitations of what the roster was last year so to go get a Josh Richardson and then to have a lot more wing options on the bench uh that you know more interesting more varied wing options than Justin Jackson uh which which was pretty much the only only other player who who fit that mold last season um you know that's good and that's that's needed and and i agree you know it, it, it they don't have the you know the the perfect 3 and d guy but but they have good ones now they have they have a a number of good ones and they have a number of promising promising ones off the bench as well um you know both short-term and long-term options so i think just the the entire upgrade in that area was 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 sorely needed it was you know i, I think the offseason was in some ways a direct response to to them losing to the clip but but them losing to the Clippers was not something that they learned in that series. They they knew headed into that series that that was maybe the representation of of where the roster had its limits last season. So uh, so yeah, I think that's what this offseason really was all about correcting. Um, and boy, did they did it. Boy, boy, 
And boy, did they do it. So uh, <laughs> kudos to them for that. Yeah, I, I think so. And particularly given the limitations they were in where they wanted to open up cap space for next summer, they actually opened up more cap space and they didn't even really give up anything either. Like they got a pick in that Curry Richardson switch. So it wasn't like a situation like Portland where Portland had to give up two first round picks for Robert Covington. You know, they were able to get someone in Josh Richardson who maybe is even better than Covington. We'll see. He had a really down year last year i'm very curious to see how he's going to shoot the ball from three and whether he can be a little bit better you know go back to being that impact on ball defender that he was in miami but certainly a good buy low candidate particularly considering that even this year you know you mentioned they need to get better this year and who knows they could get any contention in the west this year if, if they get growth from some of these guys uh but still even there's still a recognition that they're a couple of years away from really being the time when they're supposed to compete so to get better and to not compromise future flexibility i, I think that was a, a pretty darn good off season quick break here to remind you that this is a free preview of dunked on prime and we are having a sale if you buy a yearly membership of dunked on prime total access you'll get access to our cap sheets our chats our free agent rankings and of course dunked on five days a week ad free and that is at 35 percent off the monthly price for dunked on prime total access or if you want give it a shot just with a monthly membership as well and see what you've been missing with dunked on prime we are better than ever we can react instantly we can do multiple episodes in a day if we want to because we're not beholden to advertisers any longer and also if financial circumstances are an issue for you, we have a special deal for those in financial difficulty. You can check out my pinned tweet at Nate Duncan NBA. Click on that letter for more details on that. Now back to this free preview of Dunked on Prime. What's the latest on Kristaps Porzingis? We're looking at a, a late January, early February, maybe mid-February return for him. Um, all signs are that his you know, rehab's going great. Um, it was a meniscus thing like meniscus we know that's a very known in injury it's a very known recovery process um you know the injury itself obviously doesn't really worry me his overall body of of you know in in history of injuries yes but you know this one individually is is certainly one that you can look at and say yeah he'll be fine and and it's just a matter of him getting actually medically cleared to to come back on the court and 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 all of that so one of the reasons actually he's he's even this delayed um is just that he thought this season was going to start later so so <laughs> he he pushed off his surgery um I, I think they they wanted to do non-surgical rehab they wanted to see if it would uh you know if if his body would react uh to to that and um and they thought they had more time so they thought you know why don't we explore this route and then we'll just go get the surgery you know if if uh if, if it doesn't so he ended up getting it i think uh late september early october um if he had got it right when the season started he'd probably be working back into shape and, and maybe even you know be ready to play you know this year if if not ready for the season opener and and so you know that's that's a that's a tough timing thing but hey i think we were all uh surprised by the nba season coming back so soon i've uh it, it I've was had a to, tough timing thing for me too yeah i've had to <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i've had to scramble and, and squeeze some vacation in um like last week <laughs> to to make sure that I've, i'm just like rested enough so in that sense me and Kristaps have had very similar uh situations where uh <laughs> basically you know there's there's yeah 
Yeah, well, thanks for providing that that explanation. I was going to actually ask you that of like why it was that he delayed the surgery and whether there was a, a medical reason or what. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously you want to avoid the surgery if you can. And so it made it, they were clear that it was a pretty small tear. But, uh, you know, he had some issues uh, with that knee. This is the opposite knee, correct me if I'm wrong, or the opposite knee from the one that he had correct. the torn ACL in. And so, you know, and he had, he had had that nebulous 10 game absence back in january where he would they like scratch him and then he'd go out and warm up and then he'd get scratched again and so you know i'm not sure whether these two issues were related i mean i think they said in the release that he did something in that game one to actually cause the meniscus tear a contact thing yeah yeah they yeah. say they say it was a it was directly caused by contact which is always you know a, a better option than a non-contact injury of course yeah so but but they are uh you don't have any kind of level of concern uh, about this knee? I mean, it's Kristaps Porzingis. I obviously yeah, have yeah. levels of concerns about him as a as an injury uh, risk. Um, and, you know, the fact that he hasn't finished a season in, like, four years running, something like that, five? Um, they might have even shut him down his rookie year, the last few games of the season. Yeah. Um, if I remember right. So I, I don't know if he's ever fully finished a season. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely concerning. Um but, but I, I mean, I guess to me, it's concerning in a sense, like, they need to have like a, a, you know, like a 20 page Google Doc of exactly how they're going to manage Kristaps Porzingis for the rest of his contract here in Dallas. And if it means that he can only play 30 minutes a game uh, in the regular season, um, or, or that he needs to, you know, sit out every single back to back, um, you know, he only gets to play, play one, one side of the back to back, you know, going for, if that's what it takes, then yeah, that's worth it. Like, the, I think the Mavericks are starting to reach a point where where they have you know they're not they're not scrambling I don't think they're going to be fighting to make a you know make the playoffs I, I think that you know there's certainly going to be seeding things they're not you know going to yeah. be the the 73 Warriors not, um, not having to play the Clippers or Lakers in the first round would be nice yes yes I, you got to balance it but but I think that they're you know at least in you know maybe it doesn't happen this season but I think that you know within a few seasons you know maybe next season maybe the one after um you really really should be hoping that you're at a level where you you have more freedom to rest players and and really you know build for a postseason run uh throughout the regular season and, and not really being worried about every single night's results and even though that's not the case like it, it has to be the case for Persingas. you know if that's if that's what's going to keep him healthy then yeah like that's the path forward it's like there is it's not really a one one that you can debate or, or or mess around with like i think the the number one thing for for Persingas, now that we've seen him come back from the acl and and look as good as he did um it's just about injury prevention and uh and and whatever it takes to do that uh, you know i i have i have trust in in the in the Mavericks medical team to, to kind of figure out that that sweet spot because they've they've historically been pretty good yeah they have had two torn Achilles over the last two years which is not amazing but yeah I agree with you and I also appreciate their uh transparency as well it is an interesting situation because I there is some pressure to get better this year I agree with you it's really about two three years from now ultimately but this summer is their last chance before the big Luca extension kicks in and or, or at least uh, his high cap hold will kick in which basically this is their chance to take advantage of Luka Doncic making right. 10 million dollars a year this this summer they slate to have about 33 million in cap space surely they could move on 
from someone along the lines of Dwight Powell if they needed to to open up a little bit more space to get to the max Josh Richardson I presume is probably going to opt out of his 11.6 million uh, but you know even if he doesn't I think that that would be a movable contract so there is some pressure to get better this year because and I think to at least get to the second round and have a good performance so that they are attractive to if not Giannis Antetokounmpo whoever that third piece is going to be they don't really have a lot of equity in the draft and they're not going to be having anything any picks higher than the 20s so this is their chance like they and they can't you know I think if they go out in the first round in five games or something I don't expect that but if they do that's that doesn't look as good you know particularly when you consider for Giannis or, or anyone else Toronto Miami those teams will probably do better than that and so that whether it's for Giannis or any of these other free agents that's really who they're competing with as good teams that are going to have cap space this year so I think despite what you said about Porzingis I agree during the regular season you know obviously if he gets hurt again that's a bigger disaster than having a poor year but there is some pressure to continue to build on what they did last year this season yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um I think the the one thing worth noting is is that they can get better um without really improving their underlying metrics. Like they they were they were the sixth best sixth best net rating team last season. You know, a lot of that was the historic offense, but you know, this this was a team that lost, you know, like lost more games than they should have. Um that that awful uh late game offense was was a huge reason there. Um the Mavericks will say their, you know, their just shoddy defense was was certainly a factor as well. Um so so yeah, like I, I think that there is a there is a you know, almost maybe even a built-in improvement. Built-in is probably makes it a little bit a little bit too guaranteed. But but there is there is a a natural path to improvement um, that that doesn't take a radically different team. Um, it just takes you know some stages of the game where they just failed disastrously. Um, you know, and maybe even were unlucky, and and you, you could even argue. Um, and, and and you know, you turn that around, and, and this team's in a in a better spot. You know, that they you know just by the net rating, they're on pace to win like I think fifty two, fifty three games last season. Yep. Um, you know, or, or should have been. And instead we're, you know, actually going to win something like 44 or 45. Um, and, and that's a, you know, that's obviously a big difference. And that's, that's where they want to make that ground up. Um, and, and they expect they can. And, um, you know, the, I guess the other reason is just that it was a young team last year, or at least the, you know, a lot of the players they were relying on were also young. Um, so I, I just, I have doubts that the, the late game offense, you know, just to, to single out that one is, is going to be anywhere as bad as it was last season. Um, if only because Luca's a year older and, and, sure. you know, and, and continue to develop, um, so so it's it's stuff like that where 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 I do agree they need to get better but but I think you know you can be more optimistic that it's going to happen just because they should have been better last season um so so in some ways it's almost just a a continuation as long as they can can, can continue what they were doing successfully last year um just just keep that going and and you know turn it into actual wins at the end of the day Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone 
is the same and then she did some more research and found helix sleep we took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique mattresses everybody sleeps differently and helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home you're like well how should i order this if i can't sleep like yeah you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do i take my shoes off do i leave my shoes on but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because i don't want to put my shoes on the bed and is it weird that i'm laying here for more than 30 seconds you can't tell anything under those circumstances you might as well just order it get it sent to your house get that 100 night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us man i just love american giant just an amazing clothing company i was reminded again of how much i love it when i drove from california to montana over the all-star break and you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas you're like well i don't want to wear like my jacket in the car but then i get out to fill gas I'm going to be freezing, but the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm, it's not too hot as well. So I was able to wear it in the car, not be too hot, step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. These things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us yeah just so we have it they were on pace on an a2 game basis to have the net rating of a 53 win team and they won 5.7 games fewer than expected or would have would have done so over right. the course of 82 games they're on pace to win 47 they kind of took it easy in the bubble oops at the end of uh uh, just spastically hit my microphone there for some reason <laughs> uh they're on pace to to win 47 uh, but they took it kind of easy in the bubble and yeah i can you just summarize why it was that they were so bad in the clutch last year oh man it's just i mean some of it really was just luck like they there was times where they just missed threes you know like we we all know how small of a sample size clutch time is compared to everything else um some of it was that um some of it was definitely that luca you know 
rarely had another option. Um, I, I think he would wear down. You know, he, he he's he's fit. You know, it's just like he needs because of how much is expected of him each game. He needs to be like in the ninety percentile of fitness. Um, so I, I think there's always more work for him to do there. So I think he would wear down at the end of game sometimes. Um, he would divert the offense into you know more of a dribbling thing where where sets don't really get initiated till until 14 or you know 13 seconds are left on the shot clock he would take a lot of step back threes you know just kind of out of rhythm shots that that you know wasn't what you know made the mavericks historic throughout the year um i think i think um i saw improvement once they started playing seth curry consistently with the closing lineup and i think that's one thing to consider um this season is that he's probably going to need one you know one more creative player on the floor who can you know at least go get his own shot if not a shot for someone else um it'll be i'm actually very curious to see if richardson can do that you know we saw his last season in miami where he had um, he was asked to do more of that. You know, it's, it's certainly not a player you want running, you know, 30 pick and rolls. But, you know, I, I think that we saw that Richardson can go find a mid-range shot at, at times, um, you know. Yeah, and, and, too, and Too many times, if you ask a Philly fan. Yes, yes, admittedly so, even though he hit... Um, Almost fifty percent in the in the mid range last season. I, I don't know how replicable that is. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a Dirk Nowitzki level mid range shooter. Um, but but it's it's at least nice to have a player who can do that um, to some degree. Um, if Richardson can't do that consistently, then you're starting to to look at players like Jalen Brunson um, or Trey Burke off the bench, um, which does still give you that flexibility, and and I think that will be useful. But but yeah, I, I would I would mostly point to. You know, I, I would point I would point a lot of it to Luca, and, and I just think he's going to be better. I think I think that he understands the the failings, and I think some of it is is fitness level and just the way that that his playing style and and what he does throughout a game wears him down. Um, and and I I just <laughs> anytime anytime I've tried to put a ceiling on Luca, like you know he he's 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 gone right through it. So the idea that he he won't figure this out too just just doesn't seem uh doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> Yeah, amazingly, the Mavs actually did not have the worst clutch net rating in basketball. They were negative 10.4. The uh, Pels, Pistons, Warriors, Grizzlies, uh, all all were worse. Uh, but the number that does stick out in stark relief is 99.2 offensive rating in the clutch. And your your league median is a little bit lower in the clutch. The Kings were the league median at, at uh, 108. So that's about two points per 100 lower. But yeah, I mean, to be 99 in the clutch and the best offense of all time outside of that, I mean, you take those those clutch numbers out of they, their offense looks even better. And I think of all the things you said, I, I would echo them. And the biggest thing to me is just the approach from Luca. And, and perhaps that is due to the fatigue factor that he just he's got to break the paint in those situations and yeah. to just dribble around for too long now teams would switch him a little bit too that's uh, something that's going to make it a little bit more difficult but Luca, i mean he showed the ability to me to get by just about everyone that was the most revelatory aspect of his game to me last year was his ball handling is just so good and he's got these great hesitation moves these changes of speed where he's able to get by even you know ostensibly really good defenders and, and get into the lane and make plays and you know i mean we saw him go against 
against the Clippers, who probably have the best overall wing defenders in the NBA, and he still torched them at times. Uh, you know, having Montrose Harrell on the floor a lot helped with that too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a little bit too much of the step back. And I actually think uh, that one of the biggest things that he needs to refine is just make that step back a little bit more. You know, make that a 34% shot instead of a 30% shot off the dribble. And if he can do that, then that sets up his game even more because it's all about for him the hesitations, stepping stepping back and then you know once he gets the guy's momentum moving forward then he can blow by even though he's not the quickest guy he can use the the guy's momentum against him so well and so the scouting report kind of is okay let him take that a little bit hopefully that big shot that he hit over reggie jackson will kind of get it in people's minds like oh yeah we can't give him this but with all the evils that he provides that's what teams want to give him and so if he could just bump that up by a little bit higher of a percentage he'll be even more unstoppable than he was last year when i had him actually as the best offensive player in basketball last year that's what he said he worked on all summer was just shooting 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 and it, he his numbers smaller sample size again but his numbers were a little bit higher in the bubble which was almost like you know a a half season you know or a you know with with that stoppage obviously he had a lot of time to kind of rethink what he was going to be working on went back to slovenia before the bubble started back up and and was working on stuff over there um so i think i think there's a good chance he looks you know like the player he was in the bubble and he was a better shooter in the bubble so uh, yeah i think there's reason for optimism um and if he does that then yeah i it's just it's it, yeah he, like you said he's already the best offensive player in basketball and to imagine him getting better in that capacity um is is scary and and then it, I, I think it will directly correlate and, and have impacts on you know the the offensive failings they did have last season which were pretty much only contained uh to the, to the late game stuff so so yeah considering all that i i think there's i think there's strong reasons to to think that they they will not underperform um their their overall metrics as badly as as they did last season um any other kind of imp- uh improvement regression candidates uh, that stick out to you with this group i think that um i think brunson needs to be an improvement uh candidate for them i, I think that curry did help the team. I, I don't think losing Curry is a is a huge loss. He he's a good player. He is a good role player. Um, they can replace him. I, I think even maybe slightly more important than replacing his shooting. You know they have shooting all over the roster. Um, but they don't have a lot of creative ball handlers. Um, there's really only one other you know proper point guard on the roster, and that's Brunson. And so I, I do think that there are um fairly sizable expectations on him this season um and, and a role that he needs to fill like you know there's also be you know it's going to be important for games luca misses um whether for rest or injury um but but even then like you know we know how much rick and and really the entire nba uses multiple ball handlers and, and i i do think that you know while trey burke and josh richardson and, and someone like tyrell terry maybe in time um can certainly do things with the ball in their hands the only other proper pure point guard is brunson and i know they have high expectations but but i, I do think he kind of needs to to come around and, and meet those um otherwise they're gonna be a little bit unbalanced um you know with with just uh their options when it comes to to guards when it comes to ball handlers um and, and there will be a little bit more pressure on luca perhaps too much um you know like you're just trying to manage how much you ask of him which is you know he's you know the best player best best player on the team all all, you know etc etc but you know you still want to manage that you still want to you know not not put every creative ounce you know of the team on him so i think brunson's in a 
ability or inability to live up to that is is going to be a um kind of kind of important subplot uh to the year um and, and i think it's also easy to just to forget him because he wasn't in the bubble he got injured uh i think the last week of february so it's just he's he's been out of sight out of mind for a while um he was good last season when when he did play um didn't really improve on his rookie season not dramatically he was a little bit more efficient um otherwise his numbers were about the same but but i i do i do expect that you know i i think that he can he can kind of fill into that role uh in the way they need um and and to say it again since i'm now just circling uh i think it's important that he does that yeah another guy who might be able to actually help out a little bit with some of that ball handling stuff if he's actually in shape and healthy uh and you know he, he had this mcl issue that i guess he got uh, a couple of months ago but should supposedly uh, be back and ready at least close to the start is james johnson he's actually someone who handles the ball a lot in miami you know he's not a great shooter so it kind of helps to have the ball in his hands a little bit but he's someone who might be able to provide a little bit more of that element uh, and just a question of whether he's actually like in shape and healthier and i mean he is a little bit older right. as well there's i mean he played what if he played 100 minutes last year that that would be a lot so i i'm i'm not sure what they're gonna get from him he does provide a, a, an interesting versatile element if healthy uh any thoughts on like what his status is or, or how he's going to contribute at all yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought of him as a ball hand but you're totally right i, I can picture him you know running you know uh horn sets and things like that in miami um I, I think he's going to play like like he's he's the exact type of veteran that Carlisle finds use out of um, and historically like Carlisle always always brings like Courtney Lee even became a decent role player last season for the Mavericks as the season wore on and I think Johnson's way better than you know still better than him um, he was someone when when the trade was announced you know I'd kind of lost her I knew we I knew we had fallen out of the Miami rotation and I'd, I'd lost yeah. track of where he was well, he, he was on like four different teams so it's not a it's not a surprise but but he but he actually he actually played for minnesota right before the yeah. season and he was not bad it was it was small sample size 12 games something like that but uh but he wasn't bad in in that stretch um and was playing right up until the season ended you know like he was going to factor into the rotation the rest of the year by by all accounts um so yeah i'm I'm cautiously optimistic he will be a if not every game player you know at least a consistent rotational player who who gets into games more often than not um maybe i'm wrong and and certainly if if his defense has slipped and and you know if his shooting you know craters at all uh it will be a little bit tougher to play him uh but but i'm i'm pretty interested in him as as kind of a backup four-ish player you know maybe even throw him at small ball five uh here and there i think that 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 would be a fun look to uh to see occasionally um so yeah i i expect him to get real minutes um and and worst case scenario he's also a nice contract to have around if you get you get to the trade deadline and and suddenly something comes comes up and and you need to match uh because he's i think at 20 million like that 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 will get you that will get you somewhere in terms of matching if just just in case just in case that that pops up uh you know later in the year yeah it's a little under that but about 16 million but yeah to me if he comes in in shape then he can contribute a little bit if he's uh and the fact that he's coming off some likely inactivity with this mcl maybe doesn't bode that well for that but he's a guy who i think can just kind of maybe give them some spot minutes in the playoffs and not kill you uh i think that's kind of the hope and and just be like a a big tough guy who can defend some of those big wings they're gonna have to go against maybe more of a a specialist um he he uh 
gave up one of the greatest dunks of LeBron James' career back when he was in 2010 when he was playing for the Bulls in the first round. We'll see see whether that matchup happens uh, again. So uh, any other kind of playing time lineup issues we haven't talked about for these guys yet that uh, Rick Carlisle is going to have to sort out? Uh, not, not really. I mean... We'll, we'll see. We'll see how the, the Brunson Burke, um, I, I think those two are going to play together on, on the second unit most of the time. So we'll, we'll see which way the, uh, the minutes fluctuate, which, which way the metronome swings who, you know, I, I think that it's for, it would be best for the team if, if Brunson's winning out and consistently, you know, for all the reasons discussed, uh, that the one that, that ends up getting a, l- a little bit more and just is, is the more effective player because he's just a more well-rounded, um, offensive, uh, offensive player. Um, I guess the other one is, is that they're probably going to have to play a backup wing here and there. And, and that will go to either Josh Green, Wes Wundu, um, or who am I forgetting? Um, Tyler Bay is in that mix. Yeah. Yeah. Bay Bay is in there. And I guess even James Johnson's sort of, you know, slightly bigger player. Yeah. But he could, I think he can slot into that second unit lineup here and there. So, um, not, not sure who's going to, who's going to, win that uh that positional battle if you will um and and most likely it will be something that that changes as as the season goes on um in in the first preseason game it was josh green who was getting the you know the the minutes with the with the second unit off the bench um and and he is a player that they you know they they have they have high hopes for um he's i i worry his offensive game is just not polished enough yet um to to make it through rick carlisle's scrutiny but um he does move a lot. He was, he was, he was making a lot of cuts, you know, just doing the classic, you know, if you're a young player who, who hasn't figured out offense yet, at least be energetic and try to get layups. Um, so, so I think that's a good sign for him. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of comes from that. But I think that's the only other big rotational question I guess I have for the team. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough for Green to earn minutes uh, unless, you know, it's just due to some absences because not much of a training camp not the most refined offensive game i mean there's maybe some hustle some defense that he can provide although he doesn't quite have that size to guard the best wings in my opinion but right. just i mean to play for a demanding coach and rick carlisle with a very truncated training camp no summer league it's just and having had so long of a layoff as well since he last played you're asking a lot of any rookie to contribute but particularly on a team like this particularly for an exacting coach i think that's going to be tough what do you Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that Cap 
Capspace code to let them know that you came from us. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do you make of the closing lineup for this group? I think it should be the same as the the, the starting one uh, that that we've detailed. I, I guess I guess the one thing you could say is that. There are there is a argument to be made that they should start Porzingis and uh, a big man next to him, most likely Dwight Powell. You know, maybe Collie Stein or uh, Clay Kleber here and there. Um, there's an argument argument to be made. You should start games like that during the regular season. You know, just do everything you can to you know prevent injury for for Porzingis when when he is actually back and healthy. Um, and and then in that scenario, it is more likely that the closing lineup would be something more like Doncic and Porzingis. Um, in three wings around them, or or maybe you toss a guard in there like Trey Burke if you know the team's having creative difficulties and just need someone who can you know actually has a first step and can can beat someone off the dribble. Uh, Brunson could could factor in there as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that's the only scenario where the closing lineup is frequently different than the starting lineup is if they choose to start a big man next to Powell because Porzingis at center is still the long-term you know best lineups for this team and and, and they will continue to be that way um, against 90% of the league if not more so it's just a matter of how you want to manage that and and whether you think that you know minimizing you know how much Porzingis has to guard a you know just a just a hulk of a opposing center you know just just minimizing how much uh, time he spends actually having to do that um, so 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 if you decide that's a good idea then then the closing lineups will probably look different because i don't think that you should be closing with a with with a pal porzingis duo in in most instances you know just as the game kind of gets smaller as as uh as it nears the end yeah i think a a lot of it will depend on the matchups you mentioned the creative difficulties where they might need either brunson or burke just one more ball handler hardaway jr can kind of handle that a a little bit i mean on the weak side you know he's more of a a gunner type but he can create his own shot to some degree that may be enough with some groups or depending on who you're going against i really like kleba at the four porzingis at the five and then you can go with richardson and finney smith and that to me is a group that should be very very good defensively uh where as long as you can keep porzingis around the basket you know i think porzingis is going to struggle a little bit in pick and roll against like your damian lillard types like that 60 point game that lillard had a lot of that was just absolutely torching porzingis in pick and roll so uh you know because he just doesn't have great mobility and but anytime you can keep porzingis under the basket and then you should have pretty three pretty good defenders around him kleba to me does a pretty good job against those lebron Kawhi types even though he doesn't necessarily look like he would uh but he's strong he moves his feet well he usually gets a pretty good contest i mean Kawhi will score on him obviously but he's not you know just completely abusing him whereas finney smith i think is a little too small for those guys that's more kind of okay we switch on to you late clock he can hold his own and not just give up something really ugly so yeah i think they could miss the match if you're not going up against that big wing then maybe there isn't as much use for kleba maybe they could go with the two bigs in that situation maybe they go finney smith at the four and that then you can bring trey burke or, or brunson in so i think it will be a, as you said a pretty fluid group closing games um big strengths for these this team that we haven't talked about yet it's still going to be the offense um you know that's 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 uh you know with with luca luca is is the you know preeminent um 
three-point creator along with uh lebron and maybe harden but you know it might luca might be the best at that at this point and you know so he will he will get looks this this offense will remain top three um you know, I think honestly, if they fall, which which I, I think they probably will, I think there's a chance they could still be the best offense in the league. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna top what they, you know, the, yeah. numerically what I, they did I, last. I season. think it's the bench. The bench offense actually is where I might see them take the biggest step back from what they were last year. It's because they were awesome as a bench offense last year. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then also just Porzingis missing a month and a half to start the year will also have an impact. Um, yeah, Luca. You know, like the the two biggest reasons why the Mavericks were so good were Luca, a decent amount, a decent gap, and then Porzingis, and then a huge gap, and then you know every all the rest of the players on the team. You know, Curry was was great for that, but you know I, I don't feel like his influence was was something that that you know really vaulted the Mavericks up up the uh, up the ranks as a unit. Um, he was just a very high functioning cog of of what made their offense so special. Um, so so yeah, I, I think it's more missing Porzingis. I, I do think that you know they're going to be playing slightly more limited offensive players off the bench, like you said. So so they may dip a little bit there. Um, but but they're still going to be good. And and like I said, I could see them finishing first. I, I don't think they're going to be worse than you know one fifteen uh per hundred possessions. Um, which they're about one sixteen last season. I, I still imagine they can be about that good. Um, where that puts them, I imagine is top three, top five. Um, if, if the league, you know, if teams make huge jumps just with, you know, no fans and better sight lines, I, I don't, you know, that, that all remains to be seen, but I still expect them to be very good there. Um, strengths beyond that. I mean, just, just having, having a, the best player on the court almost every night, you know, that's, that's always a strength. We, we yep. know how important that is in this league and, and Luca Cannon will be that. And, and I do suspect that he will, you know, I, I do think that he's going to be fit and, and durable. Like, like it's a, you know, the games may be coming a little bit quicker, but it's not like he's had anything else to do, but to, to really, you know, work and recharge. And, you know, I, I he, he's the type of player who needs that. He, he has such a, you know, load on his, his, you know, just, just, uh, you, so much is expected of him, um, that, that I think the, you know, the initial quarantine break was really good. I thought he looked exceptional coming back into the bubble. Um, and now he's had another four months off, you know, thanks to the early play, playoff exit. So I, I expect him to be better this year than he was last year, which is just, uh, nonsense, uh, for anybody else. But, but I really do think that he, he's going to improve in, you know, at least some small areas, at least in some, you know, efficiency areas. Um, and if he does that, then is, he just the mvp you know like like do the mavericks then have the mvp of the league on their team um you know because they very well might yeah i think i think he's the odds on favorite uh, for that um i guess I, I think i don't know if odds on favorite is the right term i think he might just be the favorite i'm not sure if there's i, I think narratively team. he's he's got to be the favorite i mean i think Giannis is still gonna be the best player in the league next season by by a fairly decent margin but um but we all know how the mvp is is not the award of the best player in the league and so i think i think Doncic is, is definitely a favorite to uh to to grab that I, I would agree yeah and we talked about already just the the amount of versatility they have different looks that they can throw out there uh weaknesses you know transition has always been it we talked about on last year's show about are, are they going to be better in transition they didn't really push the ball that much you know luca is just he, he's a little bit slower as a point guard you know he's not going to just shove it down your throat rick carlisle has never really been particularly that sort of a, a coach either he's a, a little bit more detail oriented and, and wants to get into sets which obviously you can't complain uh, about his approach because it, it worked exceedingly well regardless of the fact that they weren't a great transition 
transition team but you know i don't think they're going to really be too intimidating in transition and you know i think that secondary creation is what you look at and that as another weakness and why this team probably isn't really a true championship contender yet and i think the hope is just that they get whoever that player is uh, in free agency or via trade in 2021 so that's uh anything else stick out to you as as a possible weakness yeah health, i maybe? think i think what that about, that's what some, about health yeah yeah that sums it up well health health is a factor um you know i i think uh, i mean luca was injured last last season too um right. you know not not anything ever as severe as as what um as what Porzingis had but but he yeah. had a recurring ankle injury and you know he, he heard it again in the bubble too right i think he did yeah, yeah. he was yeah 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 he did maybe it was the other ankle um but but yeah no he's he's had some rolling injury history now um so you have to think about that you have to um you know factor in some some games off for for both those stars even when fully healthy um and then i mean their defense is going to be better how much better um if if you told me they only improved to like 12th best in the league it, it wouldn't shock me you know they they still you know luke luca i thought actually played better defensively in the bubble especially in the postseason oh, yeah. um if if that doesn't carry over then you know that that is still a a massive hurdle for any defensive unit um you know Porzingis is a player of of uncertain defensive worth um obviously good but but how good and I, I i'm still trying to figure that out to be honest um a lot of it is just how much you can maximize what he's good at which is obviously stopping people because he is very tall um and so so yeah the, the more they can keep him around the rim uh certainly the better um so yeah um I mean, it's, it's possible that they could see a veteran, um, a veteran like Hardaway fall off a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he will. He's still in a contract year because he ended up picking up his player option. So, you know, I, if, if that was the only reason he played well, like those, those same reasonings are, are, are still here for the coming <laughs> season. Um, beyond that, you know, I, th- I think it's a good team. I, th- I think it's a team that should want to finish top four in the West. Um, and realistically can, um, still trying to decide. I, I know, I know we are working our way towards predictions and I, I still have not decided where I'm going to land exactly. Um, this is the first time I've had to make any, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good team. It's a, it's an improved team. Uh, the, the weaknesses they had last year late in the games and, and just with a lack of perimeter defense are two areas they've, they've very significantly improved uh during the offseason um or maybe not significantly improved in terms of late game offense i just expect they'll be better for other reasons yeah. we talked about and and so yeah uh i think i think that sums it up i think i think that's kind of where they're at strengths and weaknesses wise yeah one other that sticks out to me is rebounding uh you know Porzingis, yeah. not a great defensive rebound i thought he got a little bit better at that in the bubble uh but he is not a great box out guy doesn't react to the ball well off the rim you know, i think he would be better served to just kind of focus on boxing out and let everyone else to go get the rebound luca helps a lot obviously with his defensive rebounding there but this is also a team that never does anything on the offensive glass except maybe when Boban is in there and you know I think Finney Smith be, Finney Smith too yeah yeah he'll like fly in from the corners right on occasion um but they were I don't have it in front of me never mind <laughs> let me let me figure out what they were here. I, I feel like they in, might actually be a little bit better than rebounding. you're thinking I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember I, yeah I can't remember off the top of my head that's not one that I have uh 
have dialed yeah, into there we the go. subconscious. I, I, I got it here. Okay. So the, the Dallas Mavericks were 20th in the NBA, rebounding 19% of their own misses, which is not... Uh, is that right? Yes, that is right. That's what uh, Cleaning the Glass <laughs> tells me. So yeah, th- this was fascinating radio. Thanks everyone for, for staying with us for, for this uh, Nate look shit up on the internet portion of the program. Uh, so let's get into it then. Uh, last year, I mentioned what they did last year with that 53 win... Uh, expected wins uh but were worse than that in the clutch for reference i had them with 39 wins a year ago i actually ended up bumping that up to 40 after i thought about it a little bit more uh you had them with 42 so you're you get the prize for being closest to the pin even though both of us were off by like 10 games in terms of the quality of the team i will go first here i i think they are still gonna be the number one offense or close to it yeah i, I think brooklyn is gonna be pretty nasty too those i have those as in a tier by themselves as the top two projected offenses to me but certainly that that's uh given the absence of porzingis maybe that drops down but luca is just that good carlisle is that good they've got shooting you know they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with and then defensively i kind of have them in the 11 to 17 range so i think they will certainly be improved on defense and so i think they should be kind of right around where they were supposed to be last year you know i I think this looks like to me i'm going to call them a 53 win group over the course of 82 games so that would be 47 wins and as i have it right now that would put them third in the west uh unless there's anyone that i haven't done yet who should be right up there. i think phoenix is the only one that i'm missing still so uh yeah that would be a pretty nice season for them and i think if they can get the three seed they should be in decent position to win around and go up against I, th- that would put them at least in my projections playing the clippers again in the second round and i think if they can have a pretty good performance against them they'll be well positioned for the future of the franchise yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. It, it, it almost feels too optimistic. Like third in the West is is like sticking in my in my brain, and it, my my brain's like a little slow to accept that. While also, you know reasonably saying logically saying that that should be about where they are um so yeah i think i think my predictions would be be about the same um we, we said we said they were expected they're on a expected win course of 53 last season correct yes okay well i'll i'll give them one i'll, I'll predict 54 um so we'll, we'll say they they kind of even out what caused them to underperform and then slightly improve by by a win well let me tell you something my friend yeah you projecting them to be on a 54 win pace and me projecting them to be on a 53 win place just the way the uh rounding works out you also just predicted them for 47 wins the same as me <laughs> do, do you want to go one more you want to go for you want to go for 48 just mm. just so you can uh just so we can not be the same yeah bump me up Let's yeah there we go hit yeah, hit hit me, hit me. We'll do what, we'll, yeah, we're uh, we're we're doing blackjack now, so. <laughs> um yeah i mean and a best case scenario for these guys they could be the number one seed they could i think they could be you know a let's say they keep the number one offense and they get into the lower end of the top 10 in defense i think that's reasonable um you know again the porzingis being out the first month and a half makes that makes me a little less sanguine about that but uh they've got a lot of depth carlisle works uh, his magic again and the clutch issues uh, aren't as bad luca takes another step forward i mean they could very easily during the regular season to me be you know i don't know about a 60 win pace but i could see them being a 57 58 win type of pace and so you know 58 that that would be 51 wins over the course of the regular season uh, as a best case scenario for me 
and and maybe the number one seed as well. Yeah, I think any any best case scenario um, has Richardson filling that secondary creation role better than we thought he could. Yeah, um, he he was not bad. Like he averaged four assists in Miami his his last season there. Um, a lot of that is is the way you know Miami system works and and how well he fits into that. But but it's not unreasonable to think that you know Dallas, the historically best offense of last year um, from last year, you know could have similar effects on his offensive game. So yeah, if he's able to be a player who can who can reliably get himself efficient shots and then you know start involving his teammates in good looks as well, um, and, and kind of you know maybe maybe not be the exact secondary creator, not not quite as good as the player you're you're really hoping for um, in in next off season with, with the cap space they have. But but at least a player who like reliably fills that that mold enough so that that you aren't having to put you know Brunson into the closing lineups. Um, you know I th- I think I think that makes the team you know that plus the the defense that that is going to be better that we expect to be better. Um, you know really bodes well or or w- would bode well for for just how good the team can be. Um, so so that coupled with um. Uh, health certainly like you said uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's a crucial one um for every team but but especially with with a with a team with their their two best players you know having having injury uh, stricken campaigns as the cliche goes um yeah I, I think the combination of those two things and then maybe maybe one of the wings maybe like a one do maybe a one do turning into a um you know, just a playable rotational wing. Yeah, you know, good, good luck on that one. You but think you're, you're not I, I high on him? He's just such a limited offensive player. Sure, um, he's solid, solid enough defensively though. But I, I mean, the Magic got by with him on that second unit somehow last year. That second unit was actually good for the Magic. I'm not sure how much Uwundu had to do with that. I mean, he seems he's a reasonable flyer. Maybe right. Maybe Carlisle can find a way to use him. But he he is. They didn't have anyone like him last year who just like couldn't shoot from the perimeter. I think he would really mess up what they're trying to do offensively unless he takes a significant step forward as a defender they, they didn't or as they an didn't have player, I should say. they didn't have anyone who couldn't shoot until uh they had to break out kid gilchrist in, in the in the playoff series against the clippers for uh yeah i mean they basically played him <laughs> as a center so that was oh yeah yeah, yeah. 100 right um, right right yeah i don't think a is going to be a center but i, I think yeah yeah, yeah. Ahead, there might be a better chance tyler bay fills that um you know center non-shooting um kid Gilchrist role then then a one do probably actually makes it into the rotation but but yeah yeah bay the 36th pick uh, who is uh on it to a really athletic guy out of colorado so i'd say it's a worst case scenario for these guys i have a little bit more of a delta uh, on the low end due to the injury concerns and so i think they could end up kind of being what would essentially be a 45 win team over over the course of uh, 82 games and so that would work out to 40 in a 72 game just because i think you know porzingis you just never know with him right i mean he could he could play half the season like you just it, like I try to avoid a catastrophic injury scenario in these for guys who haven't been hurt, but for guys who have, like him, it just you never know. It could happen at any time, and he's just had so many issues, and that's he's got to prove that he can stay healthy this year, as we talked about extensively earlier. Is that kind of where you see the downside as well? Kind of a forty-five win quality of team. Yeah, that sounds right. It's it's yeah. I mean, they they they're a functional team missing one of Luca or Porzingis obviously much worse but but still a functional team still a team that you know will beat bad teams um yeah. usually uh if you get into a scenario where you're playing you know 5 to 15 to 20 games without either Porzingis or, or Doncic, which the Mavericks did for five to 10 games last season, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that. You know, if, if you have to play 10 to 20 games, 
you know, without either one of them, um, then yeah, I, I'm definitely way less bullish on, on, you know, the, the heights they can hit. Um, and I think that scenario is, is plausible, you know, even without significant injury to either one of them, you know, if Porzingis just has, you know, knee soreness that, that rolls him out for a couple weeks at the same time as Luca is, you know, going through a, a shoulder or a ankle or, you know, whatever, um, you know, that, that, that definitely brings the, the ceiling down, uh, in, in my estimation for, for what the Mavericks can do, especially with the games just going to be as condensed as they are. All right, man. Well, this is awesome to have you on and talk a little Mavs. Uh, where can everyone keep up with your work before we go here? Uh, on the athletic, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm one of, you know, like 25 writers you've had on for, for this preview series or something as, as we continue to, uh, become the Google of sports writing. Um, so, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, I'm, uh, Tim underscore Cato, uh, with a, with a C on the last name there. Um, and that's about it. I keep a pretty low profile. My Instagram's for, uh, for not, not for sports stuff. So not, not, nothing like that to promote. Just, uh, just the athletic and Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Re- remember a C, like the Roman order, right? That's the, uh, uh, that that that's a reference that should resonate with everyone, right? Yeah, someone DM'd me about that. He he had wrote a book about uh Cato the the elder, the younger. Um I forget yeah. which one. But it, uh, he was he was gonna do a sequel of like great Cato's through the centuries <laughs> and he, he wanted you to be in it. <laughs> well yeah, you know, like uh obviously, you know, now that he, now that a Cato has surpassed those uh those historical legends. <laughs> Um, you know, he's, he's got to, he's got to do an updated, uh, something now, now he was actually offering to send me the book. Uh, I don't, I don't remember I even followed up with him on that. I should have, I'd love to read about the Cato's, my, uh, my very ancient, uh, forefathers. Yeah. There's That's a good, not uh, remotely true. a good, <laughs> but, uh, Dan Carlin <laughs> podcast on the history of the Republic. That's, uh, it's hardcore history. That's pretty good for, uh, I'll have to do that. I'll yeah. have to cue that up. Yeah. It's a lot better than reading a book to just listen to a podcast. Never read you people. Just actually, sorry. No, I, I shouldn't say that. They should only read, only read, read the, the athletic, athletic and, there it is. and listen to this podcast. Correct. The athletic right. podcast. <laughs> yes. All of that's correct. <laughs> all right. I think we're done here. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to this free preview of dunked on prime total access a reminder we are having our preseason sale 35 percent off when you buy a year membership to dunked on prime total access get it now as the sale ends when the season starts reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil 